Genesis. Genesis chapter 13. Genesis 13. I could read some Sunday night. That was Sunday evening sermon. Well, we don't want that one. Okay. I read this week that said, I'm so proud of my teenager. I gave him a puzzle that said two to three years on it. He did it less than two minutes. Now, I just read that. I'm not saying that I agree with that. I just, I just what it said on that piece of paper I read. I've got a whole calendar of puns, a new pun every day. So uh, maybe I want to get into my office and throw that away, perhaps. But there you go. Uh, Genesis chapter 13. Uh, lots worldly compromise. There's a lot of room on the back if you want to start scribbling around on there. And it actually has an outline for about three points there. The first one is compromise. Lots worldly compromise. Genesis 13. It does tie in with the coming of the Lord. It's like we said that read that clearly earlier on. We are in Genesis 13, and Abram went out of Abram, however you want to pronounce it. I'll probably call it Abram. Went out of Egypt, he and his wife and all that they had, and lot with him into the south. And Abram was very rich in cattle and silver and gold. And he went on his journeys from the south, even to Bethel, into the place where the tent had been at the beginning, between Bethel and Ai. Abram's gotten right with the Lord, because in chapter 12, he said, Oh, Sarah's my sister, and I almost lost Sarah. And Pharaoh, and God spoke to Pharaoh, etc. So he... God bailed Abraham out in a way there, if you would, unto the place of the altar, which he made there. And at first, and there Abram called on the name of the Lord, which is a very good sign, something we all should be doing. Have you ever thought about the connection between the altar and the altar, calling on the Lord, the altar, Abram's altar? Have you ever put those two together there? Perhaps that's why we call it the altar up here, because in the Old Testament time. And the law also which went with Abram had flocks and herds and tents. And the land was not able to bear them that they might dwell together, for their substance was great so that they could not dwell together. And there was a strife between the herdmen of Abram's cattle and the herdmen of Lot's cattle. And the Canaanite and the Perizzite dwelled in the land. And Abram said unto Lot, Let there be no strife, I pray thee, between me and thee, and between my herdmen and thy herdmen. For we be brethren, as you well know, it was uncle and nephew, and by the way, Lot's dad was 60 years older than Abraham. So his potential Lot and Abraham were right next door the same year. Not, not, a, lot, you know, not a lot of age difference there, but possibly. Let there be no strife. It is not the whole land, verse 9, before thee. Separate thyself, I pray thee, from me. If thou wilt take the left hand, then I will go to the right. If thou depart to the right hand, then I will go to the left. And Lot lifted up his eyes, and behold... Beheld all the plains of Jordan, that it was well watered everywhere, before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, even as the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt, as thou comest to Zor. Then Lot chose him all the plain of Jordan, and Lot journeyed east, and they separated themselves the one from the other. And Abram dwelt in the land of Canaan, and Lot dwelt in the cities of the plain, and pitched his tent toward Sodom. So everybody gets it clear. But the men of Sodom were wicked and sinners before the Lord exceedingly. Let's have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, difficult passage for sure. But Lord, it ties in with your coming at the end of the tribulation time. They are to be ready. Lord, Noah was safe in the ark, and those that did not go in perished. And when you come back to rule and to reign, those that stay will be the ones well, and those not prepared will be the ones who will go out into punishment. Lot escaped by the skin of his teeth. Noah was serving you. Lord, as we examine our own lives, are we Noah or are we Lot? And so may we be serving you, may be faithful, Lord, until you choose to take us home through death or the rapture. Lord, even so, come Lord Jesus today. We're living by faith. 
So Lord, help us to live by faith this week. Lord, bless our time together in Jesus' name. I pray, amen. So we find that this is the connection between the Lord's return, as it was in Noah's day, eating, drinking, marriage, and giving in marriage, not understanding or even concerned about the Lord's return. So on Lot's day, the city of Sodom and Gomorrah, Zeboim, and Bela, and one more, Adma, were just, they were not concerned about fire and brimstone that was imminently coming upon them, and they lived their lives like nothing was ever going to change. A lot of the people in Greenup County, Souda Counties, Adams County, and other Boyd Counties are doing the very same thing, living their lives like the world's going to continue on as it is now without ever changing. I'm telling you, the Lord is going to come back. He's going to return. Be assured. I like what one man said, escape, uh, the escape of Lot and the overthrow of Sodom, illustrations of the escape of the believer and the doom of the world. God will come back and we will be held accountable for whether we have received Christ as personal Savior or not. That is the absolutely most important imperative decision for whosoever will shall call upon the name of the Lord. If you're willing, he's willing. If you'll confess your sin, receive him by grace through faith. Now, Lot was a father who messed up royally. If you look at the matter of fact, I think if it wasn't for the New Testament time, I not even, might not even call Lot a Christian. However, it says in the New Testament, 2 Peter and Jude, that he was his righteous soul being vexed. He was a failure. But now, why does God report, record failures? It says in 1 Corinthians 10 11, now all these things happen unto them for examples or examples. For our admonition, we look back and we see how people really blew it. If they were to record my life from between now and, the, you know, whatever, what, Pastor Tim blew it here, 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 here. Whoa, 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 woo-hoo. And, you know, whoa. If they were to record your life, here, here, whoa, you know, all of us. The Bible gives us these low parts, these low parts of their life, I think, to encourage us, perhaps challenge us to wake us up for examples what happens when you don't walk with god as we should the first is the warning from lots worldly compromise this is phase one it serves as a warning to all of us we just read the text there's a problem now if you'll see in verse eight of our text the problem is this and Abram said unto Lot, there be, let there be no strife between me and between thee, between thy herdmen and thy herdmen, for we be brethren. It was the cowboys of Abram and the cowboys of Lot were just not getting along. I don't know if they were shooting at, there was a range war, I'm not sure all that was going on. They had just, can you imagine having so much stuff? The two couldn't live happily together, close enough together. And so there, something's got to happen. And Abraham was so concerned about his testimony. Are you concerned about your testimony to the lost? I trust that you are. Abram was so concerned about his testimony to the lost. And this Abram is walking closer to the God, God than he was in chapter 12. He's very concerned about it. The devil knows that if he can get God's people to start fighting among themselves, people will not listen to them what they have to share. I'm telling you, when God's people fight among themselves, Christians can get discouraged. People who visit your church, can you imagine having a range war this side against that side and someone visits? Well, I'm never... The first thing... I would say, I'm never going back to that church again. That's the first thing, and probably rightly so. So that's why the spirit of unity that we are to keep working on and striving for is so important that we can work together for the cause of Christ. What an unselfish response in verse 9. He, Abram says, Is not the whole land before thee? Separate thyself, I pray thee, from me. If thou wilt take the left hand, then I will go to the right. If I'll take the right hand, then I will go to the left. 
What a gracious response. But Abram, Abram was the older one. He was the one whom was that Lot was getting, Lot was benefiting so greatly, I believe, by tagging along with Abraham. Interesting, more, Philip says, Lot would have been much better off to make a funeral pyre of his flocks and herds than to walk out of a place of fellowship with Abraham, the friend of God. He makes terrible decisions here. And just show, or, show order, short order, he has gone from pitching, looking, to pitching, to outside, to inside, to leader, to hesitating to leave. That's Lot. If you want a picture of a backslidden worldly Christian, it's right here in these chapters. It's a disastrous decision to do so. I remember my wife and I, when we were living over in Saudiville, I bought one of those, not a Bowflex, it was a Bowflex knockoff. Where you go, man, I think I used it twice. But I was like, man, I remember, and if you're really... If you're more mature, you might remember those, I forget what it's called, but you stretched it like that. Like I saw Arnold Schwarzenegger had advertised stretching this thing like that. Man, I'm going to get, I got one of those. I'm still fat and flabby like I am now, but it's like, man, if I get those, if it works for him like that. You ever notice how they never advertise these things that make you real brawny? People like me never advertise them. It's someone who's been working for three years, and they like this real cut physique over there. Wow, if it makes me like, it makes him like Pastor Tim, I'm not, I wouldn't sell a one. If it makes me look like him, I'll take three. Because I want that. Lot saw the plains of Jordan. And by the way, archaeologists estimate in his plains with these five cities, about maybe a million people. So it was a large place. A beautiful place. It was disastrous, though. Disastrous for Lot. A very bad plan. Abraham dwelled then in the land of Canaan, and Lot dwelled in the cities of the plain. By the way, if you hear me saying Abraham instead of Abram, I'm in good company because Stephen, in chapter 7, verse 1 of Acts, or verse 2 of Acts, he called Abraham Abraham when he was back in the Ur of the Chaldees. So I'm in good company if I call Abram before his name was changed Abraham. Abram dwelt in the land of Canaan, and Lot dwelt in the city of the plain. And verse 13, just in case we're wondering again, but the men of Sodom were wicked and sinners before the Lord exceedingly. It was not like Lot lands in, in Sodom, and when the angels come in 19, say, Oh, Mr. Angel, I don't know why in the world. When I came here, Sodom was a picture of spirituality. I mean, when I arrived in Sodom, there was no problems at all. I don't know what's happened since I've been here, but they've, they've gone south quick. Wasn't, you can't say that. Because when he goes in 13, the Lord says, already, they're exceedingly wicked. By the way, that's a, that exceedingly modifies both words, exceedingly wicked and exceedingly sinners. Sinners there means meditated wickedness, sure thing, evil. Uh, the sure thing, evil that is deliberate and designed. It was they chose to do this. Chose. Exceedingly, vehemently, holy. They were holy given to wickedness and sinning. Just so you know, before we even get to chapter 19, something very bad is going on here. Perhaps a conversation went like this between Mrs. Lot and Lot. We don't know her name. But, oh, you know what? They, they, oh, Sodom High School, I've heard good things. They've got a performing arts high school, and, and, and my daughter loves to play the lute. 
Let's go down there and maybe the shoe, and then we'll play the flute. You have a flute, flute duet. I don't know. But we're going to go down there. Oh, I think if we just get close, we, don't, we can be testimonies. We can pitch in the plane and not live downtown. And we can, be, we can be spiritual mentors to the people of Sodom. And, we'll, and we'll, we'll, they'll just turn to the Lord because of our testimony. I think it's a good idea. Let's go. Off they go. That was the warning of worldly compromise. Secondly, number two, if you're keeping up with the outline, is the warning of Lot's corruption. The Bible says, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. For if any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Isn't that pretty clear? If you are loving the world, how can you say you love the Father? You're proving by your life that you are fibbing. Your life fibs on you. If you're loving the world more than you're loving God. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. We find in, the, by the way, this is not talking about, uh, this is not talking about the people, for God so loved the world. This is the world system. If you're loving the world system more than God's word, we need to change. Well, in verse, chapter 14 now, if you've got your Bible still open there, chapter 14 of Genesis, we know there's a, a battle goes on, five kings against four. By the way, Morris says that this is Hammurabi of Shinar who wrote the Hammurabi Code in chapter 14, the very beginning. Uh, they call him here Chetlo or Lomor. Um, anyway, we just go on with that. But there's, what I want you to draw attention to is 11. So Lot's captured, and they took all the goods of Sodom and Gomorrah and all their victuals or food and went their way, and they took Lot, Abram's brother's son, who dwelt in Sodom and his goods, and departed. So the, 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 the kings come down, and they fight with Sodom and Gomorrah and the five other kings, and the four kings beat up on the five kings, and the five kings, some of them escape there. But they capture Lot and all his stuff, if you would. We find that he's not been living on the edge anymore what pastor why would you say that verse 12 and they took lot abram's brother's son who dwelt dwelt in sodom no longer is he be content with the plane he is now dwelling well if we live closer to sodom high school for our girls it won't take the camel quite as long to get there so we'll move a little bit closer let me think lot well i guess so honey i guess it's all right Interestingly enough, as you're turning to 19, chapter 19, you will find that I was listening. I have a preacher I listen to that makes my, jogs my mind sometimes, blows my mind. But he says the reason that Lot was in the gate is because Abraham in the 14 got all the stuff and gave it to the king of Sodom. And the king of Sodom said, who, that Abraham? He's something else over here. I think I need to get good with him. So, Oh, Lot, you're Abraham's name. Oh, Lot, why don't you come over here and sit in the council? Because I might need Abraham again sometime. So come right on, sir. Uh, it's possible. It's possible it happened that way. 19. So we finally get to 19. God is long-suffering, but his long-sufferingness is not infinite. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and plenteous in mercy. But he can get angry. And by the way, he can get angry at sin. Don't you get angry at sin in our world, and that just like, oh, I just want to, I want to do something about that, and I want to do something to the people who are doing that. That's that's my self righteousness. But we can be angry at sin and be angry and sin not. So that's about the only time though you can be angry. I'm saying about ninety five percent or ninety nine point nine 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 percent of your anger is not good anger typically. 
If you're angry at sin, we can raise it down to 98% of your anger is not good. My anger, perhaps it's just labeling you with me. Perhaps it's unfair. Genesis 19. Now, he's going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. Why? Well, in 1820, if you want to turn back there, not to 1820 of the year, but to chapter 18, verse 20, we find then, and the Lord said, because the cry of Sodom and Gomorrah is great, and because their sin is very grievous. And 1913, look what it says in 1913. For we will destroy this place, say the two angels, because the cry of them is waxing great before the face of the Lord the cry. Can you imagine the cries that are coming up from America to God's ears? Can you imagine the, the stench in the nostrils of God at a country who has turned their back on so many things that are righteous and godly and espouses and promotes and practices the murdering of our own children? It's, it's, we are a stench. I'm telling you, we're stench. The cry of them it's great. Does, it, does that not even start from Genesis chapter 4? Abel, Cain, the cry, the, your blood cries from the ground. His blood cries, Cain. I've heard it. Can you imagine one death of one person and God hears it? Can you imagine? The cry, it's a cacophony of wailing, day by day basis. Across our world. Can you imagine? I was looking up. Uh, can you imagine the cry from New York City, Los Francisco, Boston, Barcelona, Amsterdam? That's the most LGBTQ friendly uh, cities across the world. Abraham's day, there's a great cry. God, God it literally rained fire and brimstone. I read that this is the only time this exact thing has happened in the, in the Bible. I, I just read it. I'm not sure. I haven't confirmed read it all the way through and confirmed all that. But it's possible here. It was the one time this exact thing happens where he rains fire and brimstone on cities to destroy them. It tells, the Bible tells us clearly how God feels about homosexuality. If you think that God's in favor of same-sex attracted Christians, you are wrong. That's a very popular thing now. Same-sex attracted Christians, that is wrong. It's like saying I can be a lustful heterosexual man. That I found a woman that I want to desire. And I have an ongoing daily lust for that, that woman. You'd say, Pastor, you need to repent because that's just a, a lust in your heart. And you'd be right. So how is it we can say another type of lust is okay? We can't. Now, by the way, I am, we need to pray for, and I, I know people who are involved in this, we need to pray for them. Doesn't mean we throw them under the bus, whatever, it means we pray for them. But what we can't do is surrender the authority of God's word to placate someone's radical agenda. We cannot do that. We cannot. Or we can, but we should not and dare not. Same-sex feelings should be repented of. It's very popular, and a lot of the new uh, evangelical leaders will say, well, you know, it's not quite that bad. We'll have conferences that will promote these things, and we sort of acquiesce to it. I'm telling you, God hates it. Genesis 19, 1, And there came two angels to Sodom at even, and sat, Lot sat in the gate. Oh, just a minute. Can we just stop for just a moment there? Yes, you're preaching, Pastor. You can stop if you want. Lot sat in the gate. He looked up, he looked his eyes, he pitched his tent, he dwelled outside, he dwelled in, and now he's sitting at the gate. What does that mean? That means that Bobby Hall, and that means that uh, Myron Lewis, Judge Carter, 
uh, all these other, I can't think of the other two judges, are sitting at the gate, and if you want something done, you come by the gate, and you plop, you gently sit down. Now, I have, can we work on these things together? And they would adjudicate right there. Is that Bible? How about Ruth? Isn't that a wonderful story? Ruth chapter 4. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to redeem Ruth, but he has to do what? He has to go to the gate and wait for the closer kinsman redeemer. He comes by. Oh, sit down right here, brother. And right then, right there, he buys Ruth. Naomi, Ruth, and all the thing, the male and Chilon, right there. We're witnesses. We're witnesses. He took off his shoe. That's about 25 years old, that shoe. It's lasted a long time, hasn't it? Shadow shoe mark. Uh, Foreshine. He took off his shoe. And that was it. That was the covenant. There must have been a lot of spare single shoes around in Israel. I don't know because if they took that one off. I guess he ran off with it. I don't know. How'd you get home? I guess you had to borrow somebody. I don't know if you traded. Let's get back on track. He's in the gate. What does that mean? I've been going through contracts, and I'm transitioning to a different department, and I'm working. I've been reading these contracts about, all, if you get these ARC grants, or this grant, or CBG grant, all these different grants, there's these guidelines you've got to follow. And if you don't follow them, whoa, they can come back and close you down, or turn you out, or whatever you want to do. We had, to, we, had to, we had to do proposals for the ARPA funds, which is American Rescue Plan Act, which I've been diligently trying to spend all this money I have to spend. And, and so one of the proposals this week was a refrigerator. And so they said, no, you need to have three, you need to have three, three quotes to get approval for this. And so another lady in our apartment wrote back and said, he didn't say Tim, but he says, we never have had to have three quotes before. And the lady wrote back and said, you've been lucky then. We need three quotes. So I was like, oh, you're not getting out of that. This is the guideline. You're going to do that. So get your three quotes and then sit a minute back and we'll prove it. So there we go. We find then these angels come. God tells Abram what he's going to do. Look at verse number 2 of 18. And Abram lifted up his eyes and looked below. Three men stood by him. And when he saw them, he ran to meet them from the tent door and bowed himself toward the ground and said, my Lord, if now I have found favor in thy sight. This is a... This is a Christophany. But pastor, what the... Okay, before you get... I'm, I shouldn't do that. I'm, no one does that to me, so I shouldn't do that. I'll tell you where I find it. Verse 13. And the Lord... Oh, we've learned that now. Capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. That's only one. That's the intrinsic Yahweh. Chapter 13, chapter 4, verse 14, verse 17, verse 20, verse 22, verse 26, verse 33. All of them talk about the Lord said. This is a Christophany. Now, what's the difference between a theophany and a Christophany? Theophany is there's no visible presence of God per se as a person. Christophany is we have a form. He appears to Abram as a man. Abram knew better, didn't he? Where, where, where was that Abraham? How did Abraham know better? Well, I'm thinking back here that he had, he's been in the altar. He's been at the altar. He's been walking with God. Oh, can you think back with me now? You know, uh, chapter 14, Genesis. He comes back. Who does he meet after the great battle? Melchizedek, who I think clearly from Scripture can only be Christ, a Christophany. Melchizedek. He's the only one that fits that bill, clearly. The king of Sodom, well, that's another, for another day. We'll talk about that, maybe, perhaps, perhaps not. It's a, 
But we find that God says, I'm going to do something with him. And, and Abraham gets him all the way down. The Lord's been so gracious and patient. If there are just ten people, I'll save the city. Why doesn't God go with the two angels? Can, can, can Abraham see Sodom from where? Yes. Why doesn't God go? Why just the two angels go? And why doesn't the Christophany go with the two angels? What's in, what does Abraham have but they don't? Or what do they have that Abraham doesn't? Sin. Disgusting sin, immorality. I can't be by that. But Abram, he's walking with me. If you want to be close to God, you have got to be on his terms. You've got to be, you've got to be confessing your sin. You've got to be doing what's right. If, you've got, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. He's not going to, he may hear you, but you want your prayers answered? It doesn't come, you can't live high, wide, and handsome now, Lord, you've got to answer my prayer. He doesn't doesn't have to answer that prayer. He may. He may not. And he may answer in a way that he may let you get some, some waking up medicine if you're not careful. Shall we go back to verse 1 of 19? We shall. Two angels came in the evening, and Lot sat at the gate with Sodom. Lot, seeing them, rose to meet them and bowed himself with his face toward the ground. Volumes is spoken there when he is at the city gate. He is evidently signed on for the purpose of the leadership of Sodom to be there. He's a civil magistrate. It's not like, well, you know, I don't know how this works. You know, I turned around, turned my back, and Sodom's gotten just bad, playing bad. No, was, uh, he knew what it was when he went there. How can he? How can he ever become on the city council of Sodom and Gomorrah? Sodom, backslidden, compromised, corruption of himself. How can he give his daughters in verse 8 to, to the men? How, how can you do that? I just want to go, whew, whew, whew. wake up. Wake up. Of course, now I, we have sometimes a lot of stones in our glass houses. Amen. Only by the grace of God, there goes you and me, you and I, however you want to. What's grammatically correct? 13, they're exceedingly wicked. Verse 2, 19, 2. And he said unto him, Behold now, my lords, turn in, I pray you, into the servant's house, and tarry all night, and wash your feet, and you will rise up early, and go on your ways. And they said, Nay, but we will abide in the street all night. And he, he lot pressed upon them greatly. And they turned unto him, and entered into his house. And he made them a feast, and did break unleavened bread, and they did eat. By the way, angels can appear very human-ish. They were so human that the men of the city thought they were human men but before the before they lay down the men of the city even the men of sodom compassed the house about round both old and young all the people from every quarter 71 percent of americans say they agree with same-sex marriage supposedly now i read a more recent article that said that dip in 71 is down to only 64 percent believe in same-sex marriage. 62% of Americans now are accepting of gay lesbianism. Once you give yourself into something, it's, it's like it, you can't call the horses in once you open the barn door. Now, that's a very, uh, very basic, but we understand what that means, right? Once they're out. You can't bring it back in very rarely. They may have a very well, may have a horse you can call them back in, but you understand what I'm saying? We can't go back. So much easier to continue on down the slide. Have you ever tried going up a slide? Very, very hard to do. They're designed to go slide. You what? You go slide on down. That's the, 
We've slid morally. The only thing that will bring us back is repentance and revival, starting with church as you and me. That's what's happened to America. We, we become, uh, do, you, do, you under, do you see what it says there? Old and young. Does that not apply? Do we not have young people today who are so confused about who they really are? And we're, we're fostering that? We're fostering that? Some of the things that surgeons are doing now to children 20 years ago they've been put in prison for. Amen. And now we're just, oh, it's, it's okay to do it. It's not okay to do it now. It's not. It really isn't. I'm not trying to, I'm trying to stay on one point. The Bible says in 1 Timothy 1.9, knowing this, that the law is not made for a righteous man, but for the lawless and the disobedient, for the ungodly and for sinners, for unholy and profane, for murderers of fathers and murderers of mothers, for manslayers, for whoremongers, for them that defile themselves with mankind, for men stealers, for liars, for perjured persons, and if there be any other thing that is contrary to sound doctrine. That's why the law comes. So we know bad when we see it according to God's word. That's why we have these laws in America. That's why we have these laws. God, God has established government. It's government's responsibility to hold up God's word and his laws. If a problem with this, it's not with me. You may have a little problem with me. But this point, little, little bug right there. This point is, it's God's word. It, God's teaching. Now, if you go to this, go to God first. Start with him. And then if you get clearance from him, that's okay. Then we'll talk about it. But go to him first and with all sincerity. Lord, is this wrong or is this right? I know it's right, but tell me why it's right. No, you don't start like that. Lord, I humble myself. Please teach me from your word what is right and what is wrong. And if I'm wrong, I want to do right. You got to start with that. I'm wrong. Okay, I'm going about my way. I don't, okay, I'm wrong. Okay, I'll be, I'll be right. Oh, it's not like that. You. You submit yourself to the authority of God's word. Verse 5. And they called unto Lot and said unto him, Where are the men which came unto thee this night? Bring them out unto us, that we may know them. By the way, aren't you glad for scripture? You can read it to your children, and you can know what it's talking about, and they don't necessarily know what it's talking about. And it's, it's, the Bible's very careful like that. It doesn't give you all the graphics. We don't need the graphics. I know. We know, and that, no, not to be punny, but we know when it says that know them, and this always means an inter, intimate relationship with them. Oh, but pastor, I see churches that have the drag queen story hour. Yes, there are churches that have drag queen story hour in their church. I was reading an article, just briefly perusing an article, and it says that those who perform this are you do, do it, see it as a an act of worship to perform drag queen in a church. You don't have the same Bible. You're not reading the same Bible. Or you're not reading it with, to be moved by it. Or I don't think you even reading the Bible. If you can come up with that idea, God is clear. Jude 7. Even as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities about them in like manner, giving themselves over to fornication and going after strange flesh, it was an abomination. Toeva. Leviticus 18 and 20. An abomination, God calls it. God hasn't changed his mind. Romans 1, 1 Corinthians 6, Jude 7, 2 Peter 2. But pastor, but did Jesus, but pastor, can you show me where Jesus talked about homosexuality being wrong? Yes, I can show you. It's right here. I did not come to destroy the law, but to fulfill it. Have you not read 
that they which made them at the beginning made them male and female and said, For this call shall a man leave his father and mother and shall cleave to his wife and the twain shall be one flesh. That is marriage. Nothing else is. So yes, he did speak about same-sex marriage. He did. He didn't say those exact words. If he, spit, if he spoke to every single issue of every single culture of every single generation, we'd never be able to carry the Bible in. But the principles are right here. Did God not, did Jesus God not write the Old Testament? Yes. Did Jesus God not write the New Testament? Yes. Before the foundation of the world. So yes. He may not have, we may not, and by the way, do we have recorded all that Jesus said while here on earth? Was it John said if we did, the world could not contain the books of all that he said. So just because we don't have a recording of him saying something, it's like, hello, that's just wrong. Everybody knows it. Let's just move on. Now, Paul clearly, absolutely slams the door in, 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 in Romans, 1 Corinthians 6, and 1 Timothy. It's slammed shut. I know I got, oh, I got three minutes. We find that God, that God said even at the very beginning, do you remember this, this wonderful verse? So God created man in his own image, and the image of God created he them. Male and female created he them. Clearly. There's but just two. When, when, we, when a, a leader of our, of our country is asked what is a woman, and she waffles on it and can't give a definitive answer, I'm telling you, we're in sad shape. We are. We are. When a leader of our country says, I will always see, see affirming, when a leader of our country says affirming a transgender child's identity is one of the best things a parent, teacher, or doctor can do to help keep our children from harm. When they say that, I'm telling you, we're just, just backwards. The same person said, I will always have your back as your leader so that you can reach your God-given potential. I, I, the, the quote doesn't say leader. I'm just trying to leave it out. I'm not trying to... We've been very careful about that. God, God given potential to become trans... Do you not... God, God made you. He wants to save you. He gave you life. A predisposition to homo... Think about it. No, a predisposition to homosexuality. God is against it. So why would he predispose you, make you for that? It doesn't even make logical sense. It doesn't. Third point. There's a warning about Lot's calamity. Find verse 10. Corrupt, compromise, corruption, calamity. But the men have put forth their hand and pulled Lot into the house. They saved Lot's life, I believe, likely. Shut the door. And they smote the men that were about the door of the house with blindness, 1911, uh, both small and great, so that they wearied themselves to find the door. And that's scary. They were so intense. They were not going to ha have no for an answer. We're going to have our way. We've set it up as this is the most important thing of our whole culture. You must acquiesce to this. Oh, it, I'm sorry. I was thinking about America. The, the, we go back to this. This was the day and age of then. So we, we what happens now? And the men said to Lot, Hast thou any here besides son-in-law? Remember, he offers them his, I'm not going to go over that, but offers his, his daughters to them. They said, no, we want men. You have any son-in-law, thy sons and thy daughters, and whatsoever thou hast in the city, bring them out of the place. By the way, if Lot had just led his sons-in-law and daughters and their husbands all to the Lord, they'd had ten people, and the Sodom would have been saved, evidently. 
God said he would, and God does not lie. For we will destroy this place, 13, because the cry of them is waxing great before the face of the Lord. And Lot said, has sent us to destroy it. And Lot went out and spake unto his sons-in-law, which married his daughters, and said, Up, get you out of this place, for the Lord will destroy this city. And they gathered themselves together, and they went to church, and they prayed, and they got there, and they, all, and they hightailed it out of Sodom. No. It seemed as one that mocked. Who are you? Father-in-law, aren't you the same one that's been sitting at the gate? You signed the petitions, you signed the laws, you've signed an agreement. And now you're telling me to get right with God? He's going to... Talk to somebody who will listen. And you and I will lose our testimony with other people if we don't walk with God. Who are you? To tell me that God, uh, I need to be saved. Look at yourself. Let's not be like that. Let's walk with God. So three points as we're closed. Are you repeatedly exposing yourself to this world's sinful ways? How did Lot get to this point? He exposed himself to the world's sinful ways. Secondly, are you like Noah or are you like Lot? Noah was, was saved through the ark and he, he had a good following afterwards for the most part. Lot, however, barely made it. And are you like Lot's wife? That look, when she turned around, it wasn't like, oh, it was like, oh, man. Boy, I sure are going to miss that city. Oh, you know, I just, I, I just really want to, oh, I can't believe we're leaving. Oh, I, that's it. See, where her heart was, it was here. It wasn't here. And I, I was reading one. It makes me tear up to think about this. Do you think Lot ever went back to that pillar? And said, I am so sorry. It, I did wrong. It is my fault for not leading you the right way, Mrs. Law. I am so sorry. It was, it was me. Do you think he ever did that? Don't know. True story is told of a, of a great singer. Her name was Ruth Anna Metzger. And a very wealthy man in Seattle hired her to go to sing at his child's wedding. They, he rented the entire tent and left the top two floors of the highest skyscraper in all of Seattle for the wedding. Very wealthy. Huge, elaborate reception dinner plan. The lady got her letter to come. She went and sang. She sang, I'm sure, beautifully. Her and her husband were walking up the steps, heading up into the, to the, this wonderful meal, all this, all this expensive food. And he gets to the top, and the maitre d' has his paper. Name, please. Ruth Anna and Roy Metzger. I, I, sang, at the, I sang at the wedding. Metzger. Uh, uh, could, uh, is that M? Yes. Uh, could, you, could you spell that name for me? I, I'm the one who sang at the wedding. I sang for the wedding. Uh, uh, I, I don't see your name here. Uh, Waiter, can you please escort these two people to the uh, uh, service elevator and down? And off they went. Down the elevator to the car. And she's sobbing as they drive back home. And her husband reaches over and says, Now, Ruth Anna, why didn't they not let us into the reception? She said, There was that RSVP card. I thought, you know, since I was the singer, I didn't have to send it in. I should have sent it in. 
There is an RSVP. Come to Christ today. And if you don't receive Him, I can tell you. Uh, matter of fact, the Bible says your name's not written in the book of life. And He will say, depart from me. Ye that work iniquity, I never knew you. If you have not responded today, I can't think of a better day than today. Let's pray together. Lord, we think of Lot's life. How tragic. We think of Lot's wife. How tragic. Lord, before we just stop there, let's think of our own lives. Are we living for you? Or what we saying and doing, honor to you, bring honor to you. So Lord, this morning, if, if there's a need, if we've compromised, backslidden, we would call it today, and are of no use to the spiritual world, may we, may we confess that and get right with you. And then Lord, perhaps someone needs to trust Christ as Savior. I've never done that. Perhaps someone has done that and wants to make it public. Perhaps someone has done that, been saved, baptized, wants to become part of our church fellowship. Perhaps someone wants to come for baptism. I don't know, Lord, but if there's a need, may we not wait any longer. May we respond. For the day of salvation is not infinite. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Lord, work in our hearts, please. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.